1: Never underestimate ever the huge impact that just one person could have if they chose to be used by God. Welcome to Core Truth Radio,
0: a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's core truth.
1: Remember, the Bible says, If anyone wishes to come after me, Jesus speaking, let him deny himself, take up the cross, and follow me. Because what does a man profit if you were to gain the whole world, but yet forfeit or lose your own soul? So I wonder how much God really wants to to bless us. For not only us, but those around us through us. But that was not the case with Solomon's son, Rehoboam. His grandfather was the man after God's own heart. His dad, Solomon, was the wisest and richest man that had ever lived. And all the elder statesmen asked him to do, all they asked him to do was Just serve the people. But that's not what Rehoboam did. The Bible says that he forsook the advice of the elders. And he listened to all of his friends that were his age. And they said to him, hey, forget those old goats. What are you going to listen to those old goats for? You're the king now. You rule these people with an iron fist. Oh, how many times people will forsake the counsel that God gives us in his word. And instead, they will listen to the media, social media, things that are around us, progressive Christianity, listen to all those things. One, because they tickle our ears. They sound good. It all sounds good. They will listen to what our culture says is right and wrong instead of what God says is right and wrong. People will come up to me, are one of the pastors here at CORE Church, even those who are seasoned in the word of God. And they will ask us what they should do in a certain situation, you know, and you know, to the many questions and things that we face in life. And we'll give them biblical counsel, meaning we tell them what the Bible says. Yet sometimes that's not what they wanted to hear. And they forsake that counsel, as they do whatever they actually wanted to do in the first place. It's kind of like, why did you even ask them? This isn't what you wanted to hear, so therefore, you're not going to receive it. See, one thing that you can do as a Christian, if you ask enough people, you're going to eventually hear what you want to hear. So you go to a pastor. What do you think about this? They tell you what the Bible says. Ah, I don't want to. Ah, that's not what I want to do. Then you go to another pastor. You know, They tell you what the Bible says. Ah, that's not what I want to hear. Then you go to another pastor. He tells you what you want to hear because he wants you in his church and he wants you to sit in one of his seats and he wants you to put in his offering bag when it comes by. And it's like, so he tells you what you want to hear and you're like, oh, I love this guy. You know, he just tells me what I want to hear. That's what the Bible says. The church will be so messed up in the last days. Why? Because people will gather for themselves teachers in accordance to what they want to hear. What tickles my ears? Tell me what I want. Why is one of the biggest churches, uh, Joel Osteen? He's like the biggest church in the United States when he barely teaches anything biblical. It's like, why is that? Because he's telling you what you want to hear. You're a champion. You're wonderful. You're great. And no matter what you do, God's going to bless you. And it's like, uh, well, hold on. Okay. Uh, Does God love everyone? Absolutely. Is God going to severely judge people that don't follow him? absolutely is god gonna bless you just because you're a christian uh maybe maybe not depending on how you're living you can't just put this broad brush out there you're a child of god you're a champion god's gonna bless you everything's gonna go listen if you're a christian and you're not living godly and you're living in sin god's not gonna bless you people don't want to hear that they would rather hear tell me i'm good tell me i'm a champion tell me everything's gonna be great See, that's what people want to hear. So they gather for themselves, those who tickle their ears, and tell them what they want to hear. But that's not what God says. So be careful. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 9, do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. Yeah, (laughs) he'll just say, I don't want to listen to you. I have people that call me, I had a guy call me this week and he was just, you know, talking about something and I'm just like, well, you know, you're wrong, (laughs) you know, and he's like, no, I don't believe that. And so Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of the fool is right in his eyes, okay, but a wise man, a wise woman is he who listens to counsel. What does the Bible say? So you have a situation. What does the Bible say? You have a situation in your home. What does the Bible say? You have a situation with your children. What does the Bible say? Parents, like if, if we're not raising up our children in the way of the Lord, who else is going to? Who else is gonna make that stand? Do you think in, this culture cares about our kids? Do you think they care about anything? You have all these young people committing suicide now. Do you think anyone cares about them? But it's like, as long as they're in our house, that's our opportunity to raise them in the way of the Lord. Well, again, getting back to our text, Hanan, okay, the king that uh, his father had died and David sent to console him, he listened to the fools that surrounded him. And he takes David's men who came to console him, and they shave their beards half off, tear their clothes half off. This was insulting to do this to these men. They exposed to them their utmost indignity as they humiliated these men. They mocked them, and they violated their sense of honor. Now, by doing this to these men, they were really insulting King David. It was an act of war, which brings up our second point, the strength of the mighty. Let's read what happens next in 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 7. It says, now, when David heard of it, he sent Joab, this is the four-star general, and all the army and the mighty men. And the sons of Ammon came out and drew up in battle array at the entrance of the city. And while the Arameans of Zorba and of Rahab and the men of Tob and Makah were by themselves in the field, now when Joab saw that the battle was set against him in the front and in the back, in the rear, he selected from all the choice men of Israel and arrayed them against the Arameans. But the remainder of the people he placed in the hand of Abishi, his brother, and he arrayed them against the sons of Ammon. Now, notice in verse seven and also in verse nine, it says that the mighty and the chosen men of Israel went to battle. I'm sure... There are a lot of others in that battle also. But who are these mighty and chosen men? Understand, these were the elite of the elite. They were like the army rangers. These were like the navy seals but with one huge and unmistakable difference. These men were anointed by God as mighty warriors. They were like the army rangers. These were like the navy seals, but with one huge and unmistakable difference. These men were anointed by God as mighty warriors. Let's take a moment to see just how mighty these warriors were that we're talking about here. In First Chronicles 11, verse 10, it says this. Now these are the heads of the mighty men whom David had, who gave him strong support in his kingdom together with all Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. So again, these are the men that God put together these are the mighty men that came together to support david in his kingdom now why were these mighty men brought together by the lord because it was according to him it was god that raised up david from a mere shepherd boy and it was god that raised up and anointed these mighty men to support what he wanted to do in israel I wonder who God desires to raise up here in Los Angeles, to be the mighty men and women of God in our culture that we live in right now. I long to see Christians here in Los Angeles as missionaries of this great city that's lost its shine. Now, looking at just a few of these mighty men of God. It says in First Chronicles 11, 11, Jashobim lifted up his spear. Let, just listen to what some of these guys were able to do. Jashobeam lifted up his spear and he killed 300 men at once all alone. Wow, this guy's a bad dude. I mean, you just put him in a mix and he just, you know, slices and dices and makes Julian fries out of these enemies of his, okay? He's just a machine, this guy is. It says in verse 12 and 13, it says that Eleazar, the son of Dodo, he defended a barley field with his life. Like someone said, hey, you need to defend this barley field. And he's like, I got it. I mean, this guy took it serious. And he defended it with his life. And it says that God gave him a great victory over the Philistines because this guy says, my post and my duty, I am called by God to defend this barley field. And he takes out an army of Philistines. This guy is a beast. You know, maybe the only reason he did it was simply because he was asked to do it. And he took his job serious. Could you imagine... What could happen in the city of Los Angeles, here on the west side, if we took serious our calling of God as men and women of God? If we simply obeyed what God told us to do, sharing our faith with those that are around us, inviting and bringing people to church so that they could grow in a relationship with God? Never, ever Ever underestimate the huge impact that we could have on people in the everyday. We need to invite. If you say, Well, I would invite people, no one will come. You know, it's like, Why waste my time? It's like, Well, guess what? Then no one's going to come. But if you just say, You know what? I'm going to invite people anyway. Yeah. And maybe, you know, nine out of 10 will say no, but there's one out of 10 that might say yes. Well, yeah, you know what? My life's all messed up. and I don't know what to do. I mean, our world's falling apart. I mean, look what's happening politically in our country. It's like, man, do you, I mean, do you know how many people, friends of mine, are texting me all the time? What should we do? What's going on here? You know, what's going to happen with this vaccine? Should we take it? Is it it the mark of the beast? It's like, I mean, people are like texting me all the time, Pastor, what do you think? Is it the mark of the beast? No, it's not the mark of the beast. We've had other vaccines. But I will tell you, it's probably helping wear us down to take this and then take that and get a tracer and all of these things so that when the mark of the beast comes, we're just used to taking it, okay? So it's all in line of things that are coming. So there's all kinds of things that happen. People, in general, are a little freaked out. I mean, you know, you see the images of our cities burning down. Doesn't that rock you a little bit? When you see the capital that's overrun by people, doesn't that rock you a little bit? I mean, there's so much corruption. There's so much hypocrisy. All of these things. It's like when all the cities were burning down. Remember, like all summer long. You know, remember the Summer of Love up in Seattle, and they took over the whole city, took over City Hall, thrashed it. You know, took out the government building. They they took over the police department. All of that. And all the Democrats are like, Oh yes, it's just you know peaceful protest. All the looting, all the burning, all peaceful protest. Then you have four hours on the Capitol. This is the worst thing that ever happened on the face of the earth. It's like, okay. Granted, it was worse. I mean, it was bad. I mean, I'm not saying it's worse. It was was bad. But it's like, isn't there a little bit of hypocrisy here? I mean, it's like, wasn't that bad too? Oh, that wasn't bad. But this is bad, you know. And so it's just, oh, you see all this stuff. Don't you think that just a few people are just looking around like, what in stinking going on in the world today? A lot of people are. They're freaked out about it. This is where a good voice and a solid voice of wisdom, and someone being able to say, hey, you know what? There's a God in heaven that loves us, and there is something more that's here in this life than this life. There's a life to come, and there's a peace, and there's a God that can give us peace. Yes, all that's out there. Yes, God would just have us to serve him so we could tell people that they could have a relationship with God. Never underestimate ever the huge impact that just one person could have if they chose to be used by God. Verse 17 and verse 19, First Chronicles 11 says that David was craving a drink from the well of Bethlehem. And it says that the Philistines were all around them and camped around them. And three men went to go get him this water and they brought it back to him. And he's like, what did you do? Well, you said you wanted a a drink from the well in Bethlehem, so we went and got it for you. It's like what? You risked your life? Oh my God! Yes. Oh my God! I couldn't imagine if you guys would have died getting me this. So he just looked at that water as such a blessing. He goes, "I can't drink this," and he poured it out on the ground as an offering to the Lord because men risked their lives for him. Verse twenty says that Abishai swung his spear and also killed three hundred men by himself. This guy was like. Touché. You know, it's like, oh my goodness. You know, these are some of the things that I want to see when I get to heaven. Hey, can I see a video clip of that? This Abishai guy just taking out 300 men. Oh man, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I mean, I don't know what, it's just like amazing here. Crazy. Verse 22 and 23 says, Benaniah jumped down into a pit and killed a lion with his bare hands. Wow. Okay. That's a beast. Then he turned around and killed a seven and a half foot tall Egyptian. That guy was like, I'm feeling it, man. You don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. Okay. It's like, but these men were anointed by God. They were not just regular men. You put these guys in the octagon with Conor McGregor. I'm sorry, he's going out. Okay, doesn't matter, he's going out. You take Mike Tyson in his prime, you put one of these guys in a boxing and he's going to knock him out of a whole stadium. Okay, these guys were anointed by God. This is just a few of the deeds that these mighty men did. The list goes on and on. And then if we look at chapter 12 of first chronicles verse 2 it says they could fight with both right and left hands verse 8 says of first chronicles chapter 12 their faces were like the faces of lions and they were as swift as gazelles so that means they're just like something came on them like i could see them just being like regular guys and then it's like oh you know you want to mess with me i mean it's like they're, they're like a flip they have a switch inside, and it's like their faces become like a face of a lion. And they started moving around. You couldn't catch them. Like that's how the guy took out the seven-and-a-half-foot guy. It says, you know, the, the guy couldn't touch him. He took a club, and he just beat the guy to death with a club. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, boom, boom, <laughs> boom, okay, you know. And so I, I just I have to see the video of this. I'm sure they have it. But anyway, and then all of a sudden, you know, how did this army come together? Well, they were told in verse 22, they all came together day by day. Just God would add to the to the number of them day by day until their army was a great army. It was the army of God. And who did God raise up? Well, some of these were from 1 Samuel 22. You remember those guys? Remember when David was on the run? And it says that those that were in distress, those that were in debt, and those that were discontented with life, they came to David. That's where some of these men came from. They had been following him ever since he was hiding out in the desert. I wonder how many of us could fit that criteria. God could do so much more in our lives than what we could ever do ourselves. And what did these men all have in common once they started following David? It says in 1 Chronicles 12, and 1238, it says that they had an undivided and perfect heart towards the Lord. It was undivided. They were willing to say, God, whatever you want me to do, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. They were undivided. They were like Isaiah as he laid on the ground in Isaiah 6. And God said, who am I going to sin?" I'm looking to send someone. Who is it going to be? And Isaiah said, well, here I am, send me. They were undivided. I mean, what could God do in your life? What could he do in my life if we're just completely undivided and just like, God, I want to make a difference in these last days that I'm living in? Yes. What could God do if we were undivided and completely focused on what God desires us to do in this dark world that we live in? Know this, Christian, God could do more with 50 of us if we were undivided, like David's man had an undivided heart, than he could do with 5,000 anemic Christians that are asleep at the will. Whatever, go to church occasionally and do whatever. It doesn't have to be a great number. It can be a smaller number. But if we were totally sold out to the Lord, people that are seeking not their plans, but God's plans. Which brings up our point, the reason to stand strong. Well, getting back to our text back in 2 Samuel, we took a little detour with the First Chronicles 11 and 12. But getting back to Second Samuel 10, yes, God didn't raise up that mighty army for no reason. He didn't give those chosen mighty men supernatural abilities for nothing. There was a reason for God's choice. And what was it? Let's read what he says here in Second Samuel ten twelve, And it says, Be strong and let us show ourselves courageous for the sake of our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good, in his sight. Remember, Joab was saying, look, we got an army before us, in front of us, and we got this other army behind us. So I'm going to split up. We're going to go this way. You're going to go that way. And their reason to fight and to fight hard was for the kingdom of God. It's for our people. See, here in the United States, we have a divided, we're all divided. Everyone's divided. And it's this and that. Are you this party? You that party? You this whatever. Instead of like, wait a minute, we're all Americans here. We need to stand together. But you don't see that. We have all kinds of different ideologies now. And we're just all mixed up. It's a mixed bag now. But these people were the people of God. And they were courageous and strong because they were fighting for their very existence. Why aren't the people of God today fighting for our existence? See, they had a holy desperation. They knew that united we stand and divided we fall consider again America, a country that was founded on God. We have printed it and we've carved it on many things. It says in God we trust. It's on our money, it's on our buildings, but on a whole that no longer stands true. It's against the law now to have a cross or a Bible verse or any part of the Ten Commandments on any state or governmental building. It's even against the law to pray in a school now. And how did all this happen? How did we get to this place? Because God's people allowed it by not standing up for what our forefathers fought for and died for for this country. Yet once a people allowed the breakdown of our relationship with God to happen, the breakdown of our moral fiber, everything else falls apart after that point. Yes, these men, they fought in unity as the people of God. They said in this last election, they said that uh, evangelical Christians, you know, the way they, you know, rape people with all of these uh, different, you know, media platforms and everything. And, you know, the Gallup polls and all of this stuff. You know, they'll say, you know, people can say they're they're a Christian because they're basically born in America, so they think they're a Christian. But when they talk about evangelical Christians, they're talking about someone who doesn't just claim to be a Christian, but they read their Bible on a regular basis and go to church on a regular basis. So it really separates from just someone saying, oh, I'm a Christian because I was born in America, to someone who says, no, I'm serious about this. I read my Bible uh, on a daily basis, and I go to church weekly. So that really sets it apart. Now they're saying that the evangelical Christians that some, you know, seventy percent didn't even vote this time. Really? Like, real? I I mean, I don't know if that's true. It seems crazy, but seventy percent of true believers didn't even vote this time. Wow! No wonder our whole country's a mess. You can't get the Christians to vote. You get the heathens to vote. All the heathens will go vote. But the Christians, uh, you know, well, God, will just work it out. Oh, God, I just pray that your will be done. Now, yeah, get off your butt and go vote. (laughs) It's like, that helps, okay? So we've allowed what's happened in America because we don't vote in things to change the way that we are. So here we are, these people here that we're reading about, they fought for what was holy and what was righteous, In chapter 10, they're fighting a battle on two fronts from two different nations. Yet they trusted God that he would get them through. They were confident that he would. Why? Because they put their trust in him. I love what it says in Psalm 118.6. It says, if the Lord is for me, then I will not fear. What
0: can man do to me? Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 349.